Welcome to this episode of The Golden Gang, a podcast that introduces you to the inside of our senior living community through the eyes of professionals that are here every day. Through their stories and personal experiences, you will hear the passion and commitment of those providing services to our most treasured population, the residents of Arbor Terrace Sexton. My name is Chuck Nichols. I'm your host, as well as the engagement director at Arbor Terrace in Exton, Pennsylvania. Our first guest on our first podcast is Jessica Pellman from Fox Rehab. You'll find she loves working with the Arbor Company, and we certainly love working with her. Jessica will share her personal journey to working with seniors and insights that shaped her career. Fox Rehab is a contracted partner with many Arbor communities. So if after listening to Jessica talk, you have a desire to contact Fox Rehab, I will be sharing their information at the end of this podcast. So please enjoy my conversation with Jessica, which is recorded with a live audience at Arbor Terrace in Exton, Pennsylvania. Afterwards, we have a segment called Senior Moments. There I will introduce you to one of our residents, goes by the name of Vin. Uh, She's a great lady, and uh, you'll look forward to hearing from her and hearing what she has to say. But for now, uh, here's Jessica Pellman from Fox Rehab. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. This podcast is called The Golden Gang, okay? (laughs) Um, And thank you for being our first guest interview, conversationalist, whatever. I feel honored. Good, good. (laughs) Um, So uh, we had spent some time talking about this earlier, and um, you made a clear distinction for us of occupational therapy, which you do, Mm -hmm. which, and... Basic physical therapy, which I think we kind of use as an umbrella term. Yes. So why don't you just give us an explanation of what, uh, what your specialty is? Yeah, so um, a lot of people don't know what occupational therapy is. Um, when I tell someone that their doctor wrote a prescription for occupational therapy, nine times out of ten they say, I don't need a job or I'm retired Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I say, I know I understand, but think of the job of living. Um, My company, Fox Rehab, has a really good definition to what occupational therapy is. So I'm going to read that off to you just so everybody has a clear idea of what I do on a daily basis here in the building um, if you haven't ever had my services before. Uh, So occupational therapy is a skilled rehabilitative service that focuses on increasing functional independence, social participation, and quality of life through the therapeutic use of activities of daily living. Activities of daily living can be anything from brushing your teeth to showering to writing a letter to someone that you love. Um, So really anything that we do on a day-to-day basis, oftentimes we take those things for granted. Services may include a comprehensive evaluation of the patient's home and their other environments, fitting and training for assistive devices, such as the walkers or wheelchairs that some of you may be using, um, and caregiver and family education, along with education with my clients on maybe what their disease is and how that impacts their life. Um, And then another piece of it is just general strengthening Um, so that you can feel strong enough to get through your day or um, your balance so that you can have good enough balance so that way when you're trying to put your pants on, you're not falling um, and injuring yourself. So that's kind of what I do in a a nutshell. (laughs) Uh, And um, how long have you been doing that? 
Uh, I think about 14 years now. Yeah, 14 years. Yeah. You started when you were 12. Um, I wasn't quite that young. Quite, okay. Uh, so where were, what, were, what piqued your early interest in this type of work? Um, so I was attending um, college, and I can't remember if it was my, the end of my junior year or beginning of my senior mm -hmm. year. I took a creative writing course um, where I was asked to volunteer um, mm -hmm. at a place that I had never volunteered for, asked to really step out of my comfort zone. So one thing that caught my eye was therapeutic horseback riding. Mm -hmm. um, so I did this volunteer work and really found it interesting. And I wanted to learn more about what what these people were doing. Why are, why are these kids riding horses? They're not just riding horses. They're working on other skills as well while they're riding the horse. Um, and initially, I wanted to do this volunteer opportunity because I thought I loved horses. Well, it turns out, once I got around the horses, I wasn't as crazy about them as I thought I would be. Um, they're very intimidating, their size of them. So that was a, you know, a whole separate part of the experience. But what I really did fall in love with is the idea of helping others in a creative way. And I, that's how I learned about occupational therapy. I had never heard of it before this opportunity that I had. Um, and I was in my senior year of school and didn't know what I wanted to do with my degree. So I learned more about occupational therapy, found out that I needed to continue going to school and get my master's degree. Um, and then the rest was history. So you came, you, you were grad, you're getting ready to graduate uh -huh. with your bachelor's degree. Yeah. How close were you to graduation? I, I mean, I was maybe a year away, maybe okay. a little less than a year away, yeah. and I was graduating with a communication studies degree, which is kind of like a liberal arts degree. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do with yeah. my life, and I was kind of soul searching. And um, <laughs> luckily, I can't, you know, I found out about occupational therapy and had to continue on with my education there. Uh, um, and your first professional experience in doing that? Uh, so my first job out of um, getting my master's degree was working at an inpatient rehab hospital called McGee Rehabilitation. It's right in Center City, Philadelphia. Are you familiar with it? Been there. Oh, wow. It's, <laughs> to me, it's a very special place. Um, what McGee Rehab um, specializes in is spinal cord injury and brain injury and many other programs as well. But... Um, it really, it taught me a lot at that job. I was there for about six years. Um, and, you know, you're working with people of all ages at the lowest point in their life. I mean, imagine getting a spinal cord injury and you can't move your extremities and you have to learn how to live life with that injury. Um, so it was a very challenging job emotionally, but it also taught me how to be a great occupational therapist and really learn how to teach people how to care for themselves no matter what their abilities or disabilities are. And how long were you doing that? Um, I did that for six years. Okay. Yep. So Interesting. And then you made a switch to senior living at that point, right? Yeah. So I had... Uh, I had my first child and was commuting an hour and a half door to door. And I said, I can't, I love my job at McGee Rehab, but I could not do that commute anymore. It was taking me away from, you know, my family. So 
I looked for more local jobs and I stumbled across Fox Rehab and I felt that it was a really good fit because I could have, it was a good work-life balance. I could um, make my own schedule, see my clients when I wanted to see them, but also be close to home so that way I could get home quickly if my um, child or my family needed me. So it was the perfect, um, the perfect fit. And at the time I didn't really have much experience working with exclusively um, seniors or older adults. So there was a learning curve to that. Um, yeah, it must have been a whole different experience. It was. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yep. So, okay, so what was that transition like for you? Uh, so initially, it, it was tough. I, um, I had to figure out how to um, best communicate with older adults and see what made them tick. Um, and I picked it up really quickly, actually, because I found that I loved working with older adults. I loved hearing all of their stories. I found that um, my clients with Fox Rehab were just as resilient as any other client that I had treated at, um, at McGee Rehabilitation. Um, and that's what I really loved um, about the older adult. You know, you kind of hear about people aging and, um, you know, how things slow down and this and that, but that's not what I was seeing in my clients. I was seeing um, their participation in therapy was um, really just, it, it amazed me. It amazed me. So, um, and then you, did you, you weren't involved with Arbor at that point. It was another company, correct? And then Arbor kind of went into that building. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, there were two other management companies before um, Arbor had taken over the building that I was in, which is right. now called Arbor Terrace Willistown. Um, and I, uh, I can't say enough great things about the Arbor Terrace company as a whole. Mm. I mean, it, it just brought so much life into that senior living community, and um, they just have such great um, programming, and it was just such a good partnership um, that I really fell in love with the Arbor Terrace community as a whole. That's where we met. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> and yet you, you had a great team there. You had Liz, you had Maureen was there. Uh-huh. Um, and I just remember you guys being around the building almost like you were working with Arbor, for Arbor, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I can tell that uh, sometimes residents and families didn't quite make that distinction for is that, you know, you're Fox and, you know, we're, because it just seems to work so well all the way through. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you had some uh, interesting thoughts working through the pandemic and stuff. That's where... I think things came challenging for everybody. Um, I think it happened about a year and a half after I got there. So um, what kind of, we had our challenges, caregivers, activities, people. What were some of yours? Um, yeah, so our challenges were, um, you know, my challenges on a personal level were pretty extreme. I was, and I'm sure everyone was, scared to go to work every day because you don't know who's infected, who's not. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't want to bring anything home to my family, but I also felt this obligation to serve my community and provide comfort for my clients and my residents at Arbor Terrace Willistown. So um, I did take a brief time off to spend some time with my family um, because our daycare was closed. <laughs> um, but as soon as our daycare opened back up, I went right back to work. It was still at the height of the pandemic. 
Um, and uh, it was a really, really sad time. I'm sure a lot of you in this room experienced um, death of friends or illness of um, family members. Um, and we um, really struggled through that time emotionally, mm. um, physically. Um, at the time, the residents were quarantined to their apartment, you know. So imagine living this lively life in your community in that building, and then all of a sudden, everyone's completely isolated. So the toll that that took on um, the employees, yeah. but most more so the residents from that isolation was tough. So at times, I was the only person that was allowed to come into that apartment and work with my patient, my resident, um, to help them with their strength and their self-care, but at the same time, half of what we did was really just emotional support for each other. Um, but we we got through it, and I would say we yeah. came out on top. <laughs> it was it was a difficult time because I remember we had a uh, flourishing community there. You yeah. know, I mean things were happening, and you would go by the dining room, and there was life there. And then just within a day, everybody's in their rooms, and it's just this weird feeling hanging off and whether or not the yeah. air outside was making you sick and um you know i remember my parents lived right down the street from me and i couldn't go see them you know i come wow. home i'd stay yeah. in my house i didn't do that so it was really a different difficult time mm -hmm. so and then somebody got the idea to open a new community right in the middle of it yeah they right were here some, in Exton. some brave souls. yeah wow <laughs> what were they thinking so and thankfully you came over to that how did you position yourself for that uh, yeah so i don't get me wrong i love my community at yeah. willistown i loved my coworkers. Um, but it was a half hour commute for me each way, which was still to me a little bit too long. I was still a little bit too far from my family or if my kids got sick, then, you know, I was still 30 minutes away from them. So when I saw this building going up, I reached out to my director at Fox Rehab and said, hey, what's that building going up? I noticed it's senior living. Um, you know, if, if we are the preferred therapy provider in that building, I would really like to be considered for it. And then I found out it was an Arbor Terrace company building. Mm. And I said, oh my goodness, it was meant to be. <laughs> um, so luckily I was able to be um, transferred over to this building, which is only 10 minutes from my house um, and help start the new community here as soon as the building opened. So that was um, also a good learning experience for me in my career. And that was a whole new set of challenges, yes. opening a new community, which, uh, I've never been through and a lot of us haven't. And um, again, being in the middle of the pandemic, our residents were coming in, glad to have you in, go in your room for two weeks. You know? <laughs> That's right, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, yeah you had yeah. to quarantine for two weeks exactly. to prove that you didn't bring COVID yeah, into the building. Yeah, absolutely, Yeah, it was, it was terrible. So what kind of challenges were you facing with new communities coming in um so yeah that was one challenge i hadn't even remembered it's so yeah. funny how all these terrible things that happen just um you know kind of goes by the wayside it's amazing how quickly yeah. you forget those things once life moves on but um the other challenges that we had was um getting to know new residents when they maybe couldn't hear me so well and they definitely couldn't see me because I had a mask on my face. Um, so that, that was a challenge, trying to get to know my new residents when there, there was a communication barrier there um, because of the pandemic and 
all of the protective um, equipment that we had to wear. Um, and uh, also just juggling my job, having to continue to work even if there weren't enough residents in the building for me to be here full time. So I was pulled from the building um, quite a bit, uh, more than I wanted to be. So I felt like I couldn't always be there for my residents. But once we had more move-ins um, and the community really came alive, then I was able to be here full time and, and service uh, my clients, which um, now it feels like home to me. Yeah, yeah, it took you. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Oh, oh, thank you. That's really sweet. Thanks. <laughs> we, um, yeah, I mean, building it up, this is kind of, you know, my, what I wanted from the pandemic, my thought that kept me going was I want to be there at the end of it. I want to still be standing. I want oh, to see yeah. what the other side's like. And, um, I mean, thankfully we're here, you know, and not going to keep our fingers crossed. We don't ever have to go back and do something like that again. Yeah, to the um, extreme. But yeah. I think we know a lot more, too that yes. we're not going to be so, um, you know, so careful around everything and um, restrictive for it. So um, certainly better days ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, that's a thing of the past now. We have life pre-COVID and life yeah. post-COVID yeah. now. Um, and yeah, thank it certainly is going to date us. You know, March 20th, 2020 is the day that we went into quarantine. Um, other generations remember December seventh. <laughs> you know, it right, was just right, yeah, yeah, it was just a, a bad bad time. So um, thankfully we're we came through it and we're thriving. And um, on, yeah. you know you you guys at Fox have been a big part of that. Um, you know I just I just love how you assimilate so much into our body here and in, into into our community. Um, you know Jeff won a costume contest dressed as Superman for Halloween. You I know? know, how cool is that? He was, uh, <laughs> and he was great. He deserved it. He was fantastic. Um, you know, I've seen you bring your families in and such. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I met your husband. I met your children. And um, I'm going to say, if, if you folks haven't seen her family, they are beautiful. Every <laughs> one you. of them. <laughs> I know you, you blush every time I say that. But they're picture perfect. And I will tell you, we were um, taking pictures with Santa. And... I thought their picture was the models that come with the frame because I was putting the pictures in the frame and I actually put it aside. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. So um, even the dog was looking straight into the, to, <laughs> into, into the camera at the time. So, but you have um, unique names for your kids. I do. So I remember yeah. your, your most recent, your youngest is Nash, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, but then you have two others mm -hmm. and uh, they are... So my oldest is Ryder. Um, okay. He is seven, and it's R-Y-D-E-R. -E that's how mm. we spell it. Uh, my middle child is Lila, L-Y-L-A, and she is five. And then my youngest is Nash, and he is four. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and then how did you come up? Where do you, where do you find those? I'm just very... I mean, I think Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. When, <laughs> when, I, or, I, Na or Nash, the, the old car that the they car, don't make the anymore. The car's a Nash, right? Yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, so I, um, I, my husband came up with all the names. I, oh, he did? I can't take credit for coming up with the names. Yeah. He tried to get me to come up with names, and nothing, nothing just came out to me. Um, so he was constantly suggesting names to me, and... Uh, when you know once he once he said Ryder, I was like, yeah. And we had some other names, um, and same with Lila, same with Nash. You know, we kind of 
he came up with the name and then we both chose the, the name together. Um, but we, um, we also didn't really name our children before they were born. We kind of had, we were kind of between two names with each child and um, after they were born and we kind of met our child in, you know, in person on the outside, um, it took us a few hours, but then we would come to the, uh, the agreement of what their name would be. But yeah, they <laughs> have unique cool. names. But yeah. I hope they like them when they get... Yeah, you know, we haven't had any complaints Good. yet, and we really feel like their names fit their personality. Yeah. Ryder seems like a energetic, risk-taker kind of name, mm -hmm. and, um, and that's exactly what he is. He loves sports and athletics, and Lila seems like a gentle name, and she's a gentle little girl, as stereotypical as that sounds. Yeah. I mean, that's just what, what she is. And then Nash, uh, my husband wanted a one-syllable name, um, and uh, I really liked Nash, and he fits his name too. He's my my little comedian. Yeah. <laughs> Always happy too. So kid. if they ever complain about it, you could just say blame your father, right? One thousand percent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't choose those yeah. funny names. So. <laughs> A boy I, named Susan. I didn't go yeah. to that extreme. Yeah, we yeah. didn't go to that extreme. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a resident here that um, told me a funny story. I love this story. She had a, a dog when her kids were growing up, and the dog's name was Betty. And mm. I knew this for a couple weeks, but all of a sudden, one day she told me that Betty was a boy dog. <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny. That is good. That's good. So I... Um, I see that you take some pretty great vacations, too, with this crew. Yes. That must be an adventure with all those kids and stuff. And the only reason I say that is because I see your Facebook picture and you're in some place that's beautiful. It looks like you've been on this great canoe trip or a hike or something like that. Yeah. So is that something you seek out when you go away or um, Disney World just doesn't cut it for you? Yeah, <laughs> we oh, that's a good point. We have not leapt into Disney World. And part of that is because... We want all three of our kids to be at the age where they're not whining anymore. <laughs> because I just don't want to listen to someone whining all day at Disney. Um, but no, we, uh, I have an extreme appreciation for the outdoors and I want to make sure that my kids are exposed to the outdoors and have an appreciation for nature. So much of their life, uh, all kids' lives these days are spent on a screen. I mean, even in elementary school, they have iPads of their own that they have to do schoolwork on. And um, so I just want to make sure that every opportunity we can provide them with that I'm making being outside and being in nature fun for them. That's something that's really important to me. Um, we also have family that's on the West Coast and in the middle of the country, and we're fortunate enough to get together with our extended family mm -hmm. one week every summer. Um, and we always pick somewhere that is adventurous and beautiful because we have, um, everyone in my family has different ability levels. So we want to go places where we can see beauty um, that might not be, um, you know, requiring a hike, but you can drive somewhere and see beauty. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we all come together for dinner again. And um, so we're really lucky to give our kids that opportunity. And my husband and I love to travel, too. We've been traveling since we met and have seen, we're really lucky to have seen a lot of beautiful places, mostly in this country, but um, also in other places as well. Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I think I could speak for everybody that everything you've talked about here has kind of brought you where you are right now. And I know that everybody appreciates the work you do with everybody and I, um, the empathy that you give 
to our residents. Um, they wanted to be here for you today. So uh, thank you very much for, for coming in and spending some time with us. Yeah. We appreciate it a whole lot. Um, so let me ask you one question I did have. Um, Fox Rehab, are they specifically in senior living communities? Or are there other outreaches that they... Oh, that's a great question. So Fox Rehab is actually, um, I'm just grabbing this paper here. Yeah. Um, so we are um, actually built around geriatric house calls. So you guys all heard of like a doctor house call, right? Mm -hmm. Where the doctor goes to your house. Not many doctors do that anymore, but I'm sure when you were all young, that's kind of how you saw the doctor. Um, so we provide outpatient therapy services in the home. Um, and the importance of that is so many older adults might not be able to get to a therapy clinic, or maybe that's just not their goals just to go to a clinic and exercise and they want to maximize their independence in their home. Um, so that's really what we specialize in. It's such a niche in the therapy world and I think it's one that is absolutely necessary. So. Um, in, earlier on in my career with Fox, I actually was doing house calls, going to private homes, working with residents, driving to the next one. Each hour I had a, a, a new patient that I, or a new house that I was going to. Um, but now, um, and then we also have Fox therapists in senior living communities. So um, if you think of this community as an apartment building, you know, you have your apartment in this apartment building and we are providing your therapy either in your apartment or we're lucky enough to have the beautiful gym space here at Arbor Terrace Exton. Um, and you can come down to the gym to do therapy depending on what, what your goals are and what you wanna work on. Um, so we, uh, what Fox does is very specialized and really important for the aging community and the senior living communities. Um, and also aging in place. So trying to stay where you are as long as you can, you know. Um, and right now we are in 28 states and we're growing. Um, and it's still um, a private practice. So it's, um, you know, it's still run the way that the initial founder mm. really wanted it to be run. It's a special, yeah. really special um, job. And I know most of, Company. Most, or if not all, of our New Jersey um, communities use Fox as well. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, it's just been such a great partnership. What I'll do, I, I'll have a lead-in piece, and we'll have contact information for anybody out there listening who wants to just get some information for their own. Excellent, so, yep. Um, Jen, thanks again. An awful yeah. bunch for you. I appreciate it. Um, great to always have you around the community. You're a really big part of us, so thank you. All right, yeah. Thanks All for right. being brave enough for asking me. To yeah, be here first. well, I, I knew I'd hit a home run on that one. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jessica, for sharing some time with us here on the very first Golden Gang podcast. Next up for our Senior Moments segment, we have Vin. Vin joined our community in March of 2023 and has been a shining light ever since. She is one of the liveliest residents among a very lively community. Take it away, Vin. And I'm here with Vin, short for? Well, I'm Italian, <laughs> and it's short for uh, the feminine of Vincent. Okay. Actually, my name in Italian is Vincenza. Oh. And of course, when I was small, mm -hmm. I didn't like that handle. And uh, <laughs> then I sort of, uh, well, uh, ch changed it actually to Vin, V-I-N-N, mm -hmm. 
But now when I reflect, I kind of like the Vincenza. It's beautiful. Uh, it's foreign, you know, yeah. Italian. Yeah. And uh, it's different. Okay. Yeah. And of course, we all like to, to be different. And I always have to precede my introductions with Vin with two N's. Vin with two N's. Yeah. Okay. With one N, I, I get yeah. just isn't the thing. <laughs> Did you have a big family? I came from a family of five, okay. um, two brothers and two sisters. I was the oldest girl, okay. and I had an older brother, and then another two sisters, and then a little brother. Mm -hmm. My father was in the coal business, right. and to cite you, yeah, we're the coal region. Coal country, yeah. Yeah, he, he had, uh, well, he uh, was involved in a coal mine with mm -hmm. a friend, and then, of course, we, he delivered coal. Okay. So I know... I, would be, I was born and ra I was raised around the coal business. Pea, not an egg, you know, the well, size of the coal. Okay. And uh, th so that was the, uh, the part of the country we're from, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, Europe. yeah. And I went to uh, public school there for my first, uh, well, in fact, public school or the Catholic school mm -hmm. for my first eight years. Right. And then four years of high school. Mm -hmm. And then after that, uh, I uh, traveled the country directing home talent shows. Okay. It was very interesting. Uh, I bet. The company I worked for would uh, schedule plays in these very small towns. Mm -hmm. And this was a while back. Yeah. Before television became popular. Okay, yeah. And so it was very interesting to go into a little town mm -hmm. and see these little people. <laughs> and the type of play I put on was called The Womanless Wedding. Okay. The men were, it, it's an old time uh, skit type thing. Right, right. The men were all dressed as women. Oh my God. Famous women like Sophie Tucker, <laughs> you know. And then they would walk down the aisle, get up on stage and sit. And you did a idea, drag show. Yeah. It, well, it was clean as could be, but it was, um, it was designed, yeah. you know, to uh, dress, the, dress the men up, right. you know, as women and see how close we could come to the impersonations, oh my gosh. you know. Yeah. So I did that. That was very interesting. Of course, that was before the onset of television. Yeah. Now. So how did you get involved in a company that does that? Pardon me. How did you get involved in a company that does that? Well, I've never heard of that I before. I was uh, working in Pittsburgh as a secretary, mm -hmm. and I came across this uh, ad in the paper for they wanted uh, directors. That's mm -hmm. what they called us, and that's where I got the job to okay. direct the home talent shows. And then when I when I came back, I uh, well when I left that job, then I uh, settled in Latrobe, you know, for a while, mm -hmm. and worked uh, as a secretary. Yeah. And then I did all the did a lot of acting okay. shows, drama, and so, and so. Uh, in that area of Latrobe and yeah, stuff? in Latrobe, okay. yeah, we had uh, some little theaters there, okay. you know. And I don't know, you've probably heard of St. Vincent College. St. Vincent, mm, well... I can't say I have. Well, it's a Catholic college, okay. well, run by the monks. Mm -hmm. So they had a nice little drama course. I worked in there for a while. But I've always been around. I always liked putting on plays, yeah. acting. What was your favorite show? Uh, my favorite show, uh, in terms of movies, is Harvey. Oh, okay. This yeah. is the show... It's clean as can be. Harvey and the six-foot rabbit. <laughs> Harvey, the man who saw 
you know, he mm -hmm. was an alcoholic, yeah. and he imagined this rabbit, Harvey. Mm -hmm. And it's a good home show, you know, yeah. and good parts for, for a lot of people. Sure. And I, I like that. And then uh, the drama was Laura, L-A-U-R-A. Mm -hmm. That was a good... Okay. I like drama and, yeah. and acting. And, uh, and you were... In Latrobe, you were in school. Now, Jimmy Stewart's from around that way, right? Jimmy Stewart is from Indiana. Okay. All which right. is about yeah. 15 miles Yeah, from yeah, I was going to say, because uh, the yeah. Harvey connection there. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah. and that town, of course, Indiana is very famous right. because it's the birthplace of Jimmy Stewart. Right. And they have a lot of memorabilia there. Mm -hmm. They have the restaurant where he used to eat, you know, okay. his booth and so on. <laughs> so we're kind yeah. of, uh, Kind of proud to have that, of course. you know. But you went to school with um, some famous folks, well, right? Look, I went to school with Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, yeah. And you know, the funny part is that uh, they're famous, mm -hmm. and in that light, you know, they appear they right. appear famous to people. Right. But being that I was raised around him, I went four years of high school with him. Mm -hmm. He was just playing Fred. Playing Fred, you yeah. know. Of course, they were perhaps one of the wealthiest. Yeah. Town, families in Latrobe. Did he ever go to detention? Did, did I what? Did he ever get detention, have to stay after school? Oh, no. Fred was <laughs> always, you know, he was a good scholar. Yeah, okay. And uh, I remember, I always have compunction about one time I yelled at him. Oh. We were doing a play. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted the drama coach to give me this cute little bit of business to do in the right. play, you know. But she gave it to Fred. And I don't know whether it was my Italian background or what, but I turned to him and I said, no wonder you got it. Look who you are. Oh. And he took my hand mm -hmm. and sat me down and said, Navin, don't say that. He said, look who you are. Yeah. And he began to tell me, to mollify me, you know, mm -hmm. that he just got the part because she thought he could do it better. Right. right. And at the end of the conversation, I felt so small, you know, Wow. Did you have, um, did, did you know him as Mr. Rogers at any time, or was it always just Fred up into high school and you kind of go your special Freddy, ways? It was Freddie, yeah. Fred, yeah. Freddie, uh-huh. But once course, you became Mr. Rogers, where everybody knew him, did you still know him? Did you oh, yeah. have any contact? Oh, yeah. he wasn't, uh, he lived in Pittsburgh in right. several places, mm -hmm. but I didn't see him after high school, okay. you know, yeah. a, couple, uh, a couple times I saw him after high school, but then after that... Yeah. He was, you know, like on his own, and he became very famous. Yeah. As you know. Absolutely. He's an uh, icon. And he, uh, what, what, could I, what more could I say? But he was a nice person. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that because when you, I grew up watching him on television. Yeah, you know? I know. And he lasted long after I passed that age group of, of uh, watching his show. I mean, he... He had generations and generations of young children watch, and he always was the same. You know, yeah. he always, that, that warm, cozy guy with the cardigan yes. sweater. Put you completely you know. at ease. Yeah, if, yeah, when you, that's when you, it, exactly. If you met Fred yeah. in person, mm -hmm. and you say, this is Chuck or Bill or whatever, you know, you immediately feel at ease with him. Yeah. Hello, you know, he's yeah. just uh, generated. That's a gift. And it was, uh, in a way... Sometimes I felt a little sorry for Fred mm -hmm. because, you know, in high school, um, perhaps some of the teachers felt a little uh, 
not not animosity or anything like that, but kind of like held it against him because he was Fred Rogers. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say. Yeah. And it was a little bit of a hurdle for him. Right. You know to try to get, but he was he was well. Because he was a high profile family, one of the yes, wealthier high families. Profile. Okay. And yeah. his mother. My mother went to school with his mother, oh, really? and my mother told me his mother was exactly the way he was. Oh, is that right? Very nice in high school. Oh, boy. And uh, see, the money was the McFeelys. Right. <laughs> like, you know, Fred McFeely. Mr. Rogers. McFeely, yeah. Yeah, McFeely. His uh, ancestor came to La Trobe and started a brick factory. Okay. And that's where the money came from. Oh, all right. McFeely brick. Yeah. But... Um, Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Was, you know, uh, yeah. I had a nice growing up process. Yeah, yeah, it sounds we were, like uh, it. My father passed away, though. He was, it was kind of like a uh, May-December wedding mm -hmm. with my parents. Yeah. My father was widowed okay. when he married my mother oh, and okay. subsequently had the five children, mm -hmm. uh, Arthur, me, Olive, Dorothy, Jr., and, uh, oh, that was it. But... Um, my mother was left to handle a coal business and yeah. properties. How and old she, were you when your father passed? I was about uh, eight or nine. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it yeah. was hard growing. Absolutely. You know? And yeah. my mother tried to be mother and father, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But we had some uh, some relatives on my father's, from my father's first marriage. Right. You know, were very nice. Okay, good. So we got yeah. along. So you're all grown up, you're working as a secretary, you're traveling the country, you're directing shows. Directing shows. Where did that, and, and from Western Pennsylvania, as I refer to it, coal country, where does that passion for performing and directing and acting and all that well, stuff come from? Well, it seems incongruous, you know. Like yeah, yeah. You, you don't connect like the two together, but... Uh, it's a very cultural area. Oh, is you know, it? Okay. We okay. have St. Vincent College mm -hmm. and Seton Hill Colleges. Okay. Yeah. And uh, all kind of uh, uh, activities, yeah. you know, that lend themselves to, you know, uh, to culture, yeah. you know. Yeah, But basically, we're, we're a coal mining yeah. town. And, uh, and you took advantage of all that stuff there Yeah, for you. I That's did. Tremendous. So tremendous. then when I... Uh, after I directed shows, then I just mm -hmm. sort of like settled, like, you know, okay. in the trope. Yep. And then kept up my interests and so on. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, a lot of friends, you know, even yeah. now I have friends still in La Trobe. Oh, yeah. And you see, I keep in touch. I have, uh, oh, I just names here. Oh, that okay. You got your whole yeah. phone oh, list. All right. Yeah. So, uh, who would have thought that I would have ended up here? You right. Know? Right. Now, of course, I'm not going to... I mean, any woman that will tell her age will tell anything. Right. But I'm over 21, as you can see. Okay. But uh, I uh, am surprised because I can, I can take care of everything. Right, right. But my niece and her husband handle my finances mm -hmm. and everything because it... You know, it's a little bit incongruous yeah, for me yeah, to yeah. take care of all that. Yeah, it gets to be a lot. But... Uh, yeah. I, I like it. I don't the confine. I'm I'm used to it a little bit now. I'm getting used mm -hmm. to it. Okay. And I'm used to jumping into the car right. and driving, you know, around yeah. to the stores here and there. But uh, I I'm satisfied pretty much here. If you have to be at a place, right, right. Because as I said to you, uh, it, it's it's clean. You yeah. know, very as you can see, very clean. Mm -hmm. And the uh, 
help always smiles, like I say, whether they want to or not. And a lot of times, yeah. you don't run into that. Well, yeah. I'm going to have to say, you bring that out in a lot of people, too. Oh, well, it's I, hard not to smile and be in a good mood yeah. when you're around. I like people. Yeah, know, I know you I do. Uh, yeah, I know you do. I always like the best for them. Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, sure. I'm not one of these, you know, that can... Uh, there's some people that you meet, do you know, you hesitate to talk to them because you're afraid... They're either going to criticize mm -hmm. you or everything you yeah. say they're going to be negative right. against. Yeah. But I try not to not to be. Never there. had that feeling around you, Vin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vincenza. I love, I'm going to call you Vincenza. Vincenza. I love that. I don't mind that. Yeah, it's a beautiful you, you name. You know, I think it's... Yeah. It, and my, my, my father said, well, you have this aunt in Italy, and she was very wealthy and very well known, and... Work with the president or something, I don't know. And her name was a Vincenzo. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's a beautiful name. But, uh, beautiful name. So I'm really, really happy that you're here with us. Yeah. And, I, and I'm happy that you're in good spirits and you're, you're enjoying yeah, your time here. Yeah, you, and yeah. I'm knock on wood. Outside of a few little aches and pains, mm -hmm. basically my health is You're in good, good shape, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you're very uh, sharp. And I, I have... Uh, I like it here. Everybody's great. I only have one complaint, okay. which I will tell you. Okay. The food isn't all. Oh, okay. I mean, however, it's not always the food is yeah. uh, not continuously off color. So sometimes the meals are very good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so um, we have our new dining director here. Oh. Um, Dwayne, um, he's been making his rounds in the dining room and talking to people. So. Oh. I think eventually he'll get to you. What is he, the art, the acting? He's the new, no, he's the new dining director. The new what? Dining director. Oh, dining. Yes, in oh, charge yes. of the kitchen and all the food oh, coming out. Oh, that's nice. So we expect that that's going to be very consistent going forward. Um, well, it's nice to know that they are concerned. Yeah. Oh, they absolutely. Yeah, sure. And I'm sure that he will listen mm -hmm. to complaints. I mean, you can't please everybody. On an individual basis, you know. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah but, it uh, really is, especially with putting out meals yes, as often as they know. do. Um, but they're Italian to people who to Italian people who've been cooking all their cuisine, lives, right? Their Italian yeah. cuisine is wonderful. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I keep wishing for the day. I keep saying to the gang, right, right. I think maybe we're going to have pasta today or rigatoni or calamari. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. So, so listen, I want to thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Well, Spending a couple I minutes just with you. I tell you that thank you, and yeah. these are my heartfelt thoughts. You're the best. You know, I, I yeah. like it here. I like the people here. Good. And uh, I'm, I, if I had to go anywhere, mm -hmm. I'd like, I'm glad I'm here. Oh, we're you glad know. you feel that way, and we're certainly glad to and have you. When I get rid of this, we're going to go. We're going <laughs> to have a big party. Yeah, the walker, huh? Yeah. So we, yeah, I, um, when I started developing this podcast that we're recording right now, I was incorporating residents as well and wanting to know their stories. Yeah. And the first person who came to mind was Vincenza. Oh, how <laughs> nice of you. Gee, you really made my week. Good. Not my day, my good. week. Well, that's good to hear. So thank you very much. Well, you're we appreciate welcome. It. It's nice talking to you. Nice Anna. talking to you as well. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Vincenza. And thank you, Jessica from Fox Rehab. Fox Rehab is a private practice built on the foundation of geriatric house calls across 28 states and the District of Columbia. If you or anyone you know is interested in contacting Fox Rehab, you can visit their website at foxrehab.org or call 
407-3422 and talk to an admissions counselor. The Arbor Company has over 40 senior living communities in 11 states along the East Coast and Midwest, offering lifestyles in independent living, assisted living, bridges, and memory care. If you or anyone you know is interested in finding an Arbor community near you, please visit our website at www.arborcompany.com. If you are in the Exton area and wish to visit our community, please call us at 484-249-2055 and ask for a tour.